Listener note, the following episode is the conclusion of a two-part series entitled Hell and Heaven? If you have not listened to episode 29 entitled Hell? We highly recommend that you do so. This episode assumes that you are aware and understand the information given within the previous episode. Welcome to the Questions of Faith Podcast. I'm Brad Stevens here with Dr. Timothy Laredo. And this week we are asking the doctor the question, heaven, (laughs) question mark. Yeah. Last week we um, uh, talked about hell and what it is and what it is to be. Um, uh, And this week we're talking about heaven. So this is a little bit of a longer episode, but uh, it's one in which I hope you'll listen to because heaven is important. And it's not just important for uh, you know, all the streets of gold or the, you know, jasper walls or gates of pearl, but it's important because heaven is about the abode of God. And so we're going to look at the abode of God and what that means, uh, both now in our present state and both for future new creation, new heavens, and new earth. Well, I'm looking forward to getting into the second part of this two-part series. Um, the last episode was dark, uh, mm. but uh, to me, it was extremely enlightening. Mm. And just this idea of a second realm, this Sheol, with mm-hmm. uh, a dark and a light side, if you will, mm-hmm. and this gulf fixed in between. We talked a lot about Gehenna. and um, uh, But today, we're, we're talking about the light side, yeah. which if we would, to give it a name, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, you know, this term heaven, um, and we're going to look at, uh, what that, uh, what that means, where is that, uh, right now, and what is the ultimate goal of God? Uh, what is God's ultimate mission for humanity? Uh, is it heaven or is it something else? Uh, and I think, I think a lot of times, um, we as, Christians, uh, what, what we believe about God's purposes and his ultimate purposes, it impacts the way that we live and our mindset. And so having a, a broad biblical understanding of God's future plans um, for those who are redeemed, those who are saved by him, I think is really, really important um, for uh, addressing the, the contrast between what we've talked about in hell, as far as hell, and we, we talked about in that episode that, that hell, the ultimate destruction of those who reject God, the unrighteous, is the lake of fire, right? So uh, we're going to look at That's what, the final stop. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the mm-hmm, end. Yeah. Yeah, and so we'll look at what that uh, has for the righteous, for those who mm-hmm. follow Christ mm-hmm. and are in Christ. And so having this biblical understanding of heaven uh, is really it has some really important practical implications for how we live in this world, and you know I think a lot of times unfortunately people uh, Christians have this uh, have let secular society influence their thinking about heaven, and so like examples like heaven is this place that everyone goes. Right, mm-hmm. and we've talked about that in the last episode. Place up in the clouds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this, uh, you know, really, it's this, uh, you know, kind of vacation beach resort. You know, you get to golf all day or whatever <laughs> your hobbies are. You know, it's this, it's this, uh, you know, this place of, um, you know, 
or some people go the other way. It's like, you know, heaven's just kind of, it's boring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's, sitting out on clouds. Playing yeah. Harps. What are we going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, or they have this idea of that heaven's about, you know, the streets of gold or this, uh, mansions, <laughs> mansions, which we've talked about before. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of things to wade through there in our cultural understanding of what heaven is that all of those things that I mentioned, um, so it's not a place that everybody goes. It's not about mansions or streets of gold, right? It's it's not a boring place. It's not it's not a vacation. It's not like a vacation, you know, like uh, going on, uh, you know, to, oh, I get to go and play golf all the time or whatever your hobby is, you know, uh those are all secular societal influences of what heaven is that are not not right, right? So we can we can really learn a lot about who we are and our view about uh, God and His purposes. Um, you know, you get you get somebody talking about heaven, it really reveals a lot about what they believe about God and His purposes and what they want. Um, heaven to be like. Mm, is it a selfish thing? Is heaven about me? Exactly. And making me feel good and these good... So do you think that culture has watered down the true meaning mm. of what heaven is and that mm. we can't truly appreciate heaven without kind of taking away this dilution yeah, that I, has happened within I, culture? I think it's made heaven um, something that is, uh, that is very... Um, it just it has put carnal things into what heaven is and has made it about... Um, kind of sounds like it's made it about us. Yes. Like it's really it's, inward focused. Yes. And selfish to a way. And has has really missed the point of what is it that God is wanting to do with, uh, with his whole purpose of creation? And what is God's ultimate plan for his redeemed... For eternity. For eternity, right? And Just as much as there will be eternal torment, there's going to be eternal something else for God's people. Right. And so we use this term heaven to talk about that, but there's there, there's a lot that we're going to get into with this subject that help us to reframe this to think, oh, I think God is doing more than what I have in my, uh, you know, making it all about me approach to heaven. God's doing something way bigger than what I have understood. And so uh, I want us to take a, a dive into Scripture and discover some biblical perspectives about heaven. So the first thing we need to do, uh, much like we did on our episode on hell, is we need to reorient ourselves to understanding of the word heaven um, from a biblical perspective. And one way that heaven is used in the Bible is simply to refer to the region of space above the earth. So in Genesis 1-1, when the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth, right? The heavens there is not referring to anything other than the, the abode above the earth, right? The, the, the sky, the, the, that domain. Um, and so, you know, in God's creation, he has created earth and he has created heavens, right? The, the sky and the, uh, you know, outer space and all the, the, that domain. And so this idea of heaven uh, in scripture, a lot of times uh, you can approach it. If you only think of the word heaven in the aspect of 
you know, this eternal aspect of what God is wanting to do you can have some confusion. So in Psalms 8, the Bible says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, and you have displayed your splendor above the heavens. Right? So basically the psalmist is saying, God, your name is great, and you are to be glorified in the earth and all the things that are in the earth, and you have displayed your glory and your splendor in the heavens and the outer, uh, you know, in the sky and, and the stars and all of that domain. Psalms 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. So it's this idea of one way in which heavens is used is literally just to refer to the sky, the domain of the birds, you know, or outer space or the stars or or the the great expanse that is above uh, above earth. And and at first this may seem like a trivial distinction that I'm making here, but I think it's really important when we think about heaven because a lot of times Christians have viewed heaven as, you know, with this imagery of clouds and this imagery of, you know, where is heaven? Well, it's in the sky somewhere, right? And have and have associated these material things um, with what is this uh, spiritual domain. And so the term heaven, in reference to the the spiritual domain, refers to the abode of God Himself. Okay, so when we're talking about um, heavens. From one aspect, it could be, well, we're just, are we talking about the sky or the the clouds or are we talking about outer space, you know, the stars and all those things? That's one aspect of the way that the word heavens is used. But also, when we're talking about heaven, what we're talking about in this other way is the dwelling place of God, right? And those are two totally separate things, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah. uh, um, God's dwelling place being this place. Uh, the the actual presence of where God is enthroned, where God is dwelling. Now, is this cl- completely outside of the Earth's area? Mm. Yeah, because I think of like uh, the Ark of the Covenant, mm. where the Spirit of God dwelt. Mm. So, would that area be considered a heaven, or is this outside of the realm of the Earth ball? <laughs> sure, sure. So, on one at one level, yes, you 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 bring up a great point. So. Uh, on one level, that God is, we talked about in the last episode that, you know, the psalmist David said, where can I flee from your presence? Yes. If I make my my bed in heaven, you know, if I go into the, 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 you're there, right? He's talking about the sky and that, that expense. If I go up into the sky, you're there. If I make my bed in in the grave, right? The, Sheol. The, Sheol, right? The realm of the dead. The realm of the dead, <laughs> you're there, right? So yes. this idea that, that all of the, the material world that God has made he is, as the creator of that, he is, uh, you know, it's filled with his presence. Mm, this goes back to the omnipresence right. of God. Sure, absolutely. So on one level, yes, but, but when we're talking about the dwelling place of God as an immaterial thing, mm-hmm. we're talking about this place in which, uh, you know, it was the psalmist David talked to, was talking about, you know, he was building this this temple, wanting to build this temple, and he said, you know, uh, heavens are your throne and the earth is your footstool. Who can build a place for God to dwell? Right. Right? So one of the amazing things that God has done is that through the Ark of the Covenant um, and dwelling 
in there, the temple, when mm-hmm. God would dwell Eventually. in the temple, right? And then through the person of Jesus Christ, um, and and then through the Spirit of God and dwelling in all of us, is that he has brought heaven, the abode of God, mm-hmm. to earth. Right, right. Okay, you see Good. that? Yes. Okay, that's what God has done in these these acts of of revelatory uh, moments where He has revealed His glory, He has revealed His presence. He has done that in in ways in which material, finite human beings can comprehend that or it's can understand. Like we're that. catching a glimmer exactly. of what is to come. Like there's yes. no way we could possibly handle no. All that God is, but through these different things. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That answers my that answers my yeah, question, and that's exactly why uh, when Moses wants to, you know, have this audience with God, and God says, "You, you can't, can't handle see, it." Yeah, you can't <laughs> you see can't me handle live. the truth, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, um, heaven as a dwelling place of God. This is it, it. It's it's heaven. I'm putting heavens in quotation marks here. Heaven. Because it's where God's presence dwells in its fullness, right? Not being mediated through, um, you know, an ark or some of these other means, right? This is God in uh, in fullness in His full glory, and so uh, that distinction. What 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 we're making here is, on one hand, you're, you're reading. Um, this this picture of heaven. One hand, we're talking about the clouds, and we're talking about the sky. But then, on the other hand, we're talking about heaven as this. This is the dwelling place of God, and that is something that is beyond the material realm. But God has, through His power, entered into the material world uh, through these different means. But when we're talking about the eternal abode of God. Uh, that's what we're talking about uh, when we're talking about heaven. So we can look at heaven in two different lights, the, mm-hmm. the, the heavens above the earth, the sky, the stars, or this, pl- well, let me ask you, is it a physical place mm-hmm. where God's presence in his fullness resides? Mm-hmm. Or is uh, it this in the spiritual realm? Yeah, I, I would want to, what do you mean, define f- physical, right? What I mean is, mm-hmm. uh, so it's beyond space time, Okay, right? It's beyond this, uh, that which is... Um, so we're talking about like almost another realm. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And outside this, is, of, this is outside of our own. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, this is something that God has, he has entered our realm. He is outside of our realm. Um, and But he has, uh, he has chosen to not just create this realm, but be intimately involved in this realm and to... Uh, to enter it. And so, um, one thing that I think might be helpful, uh, so an Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the, the prophet Daniel, he reveals that there is one who is coming from heaven, okay, from the dwelling place of God, and he refers to him as the Son of Man, and he's coming to set up God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, uh, on this earth. And that's in Daniel chapter 7, 
um, is where this this is found. And this, he says that from the clouds of heaven, there came from the presence of the Ancient of Days, there came one who uh, was like the Son of Man. And so the person of Jesus, Jesus Christ as Emmanuel, right, God with us, is this fully God, fully man embodiment of, of heaven, God's abode coming to earth, man's abode. Okay, So earth is the dwelling place of man, heaven is the dwelling place of God. And so this son of man, son of God, person in Jesus, literally it's this, this moment of that God has brought heaven, the dwelling place of God, has entered into man's abode. Okay, And so you see that in Jesus' baptism, when he's baptized, the Bible says that uh, they saw he sees the Spirit of God descending uh, like a dove and lighting on him or, less, or resting upon him, and a voice comes out of heaven and says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And it's this moment of heaven, the presence of God, dwelling on earth in Christ. And so the entirety of Christ in his ministry is this living out this reality of Heaven, when I say heaven, I'm talking about God's abode touching earth, okay, or touching man's abode. And so everything that Jesus is doing, he's he's doing this and he's claiming, Jesus claims over and over again that 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 he had he's come from heaven. Okay. And that doesn't mean he's coming from the sky. That doesn't mean he's coming from some, you know, outer space place, right? No, he's coming from God's abode. He's coming from God's abode, from God's dwelling place, okay? Which is an incredible claim to make, right? That is, no man can make that claim. This is something that, that Jesus, as the son of man, Which son of God. so many of the Pharisees and Sadducees and all that, they just lost their minds at this claim, right. correct? Exactly, yeah, for sure. And so um, we see this in several different places in Jesus's ministry, um, but but one of them is this in John chapter three, where Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and he's questioning Jesus, and Jesus is t- talking to him and and telling him who he is, and he's having a hard time understanding this. And Jesus says, uh, "No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man." And as Moses has lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And so whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And he's already prophesying of the cross in that, in that verse. But he's saying, you, you can't get to God's abode unless God's abode comes to you. Right? So it's this, he's saying, I have come from God's abode in order that we might go to God's abode. Mm-hmm. And he saying, and he says, as Moses lifted up the serpent, uh, so uh, the Son of Man's got to be lifted up. So I, he, he's he's talking about the cross in that moment, and that's the the means by which we can get into God's abode, okay, heaven. And so he he's really showing the whole purpose of why Jesus has come is so that 
we could experience God's abode. abode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Both in this realm and this world, right? On this earth, but also for an eternal abode, right? Um, and and that, that's the whole point of John 14 where uh, he says, I, 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 I go to prepare a place for you. He's talking about the cross there. That where I am, there you may be also, right? Where he, his, his abode, that you may be there also. And so he's, he said, he's, he's explaining that the whole purpose of why he came into our abode is so that we could get to his abode, God's realm. And okay, back up for a second. Sure. I go to prepare a place. Mm-hmm. What was that talk? What was he talking about there again? The cross. Mm, okay. Yeah. So he, that's the first time I've ever had anyone tell me it was the cross. Mm, yeah. So I always hear that verse in context with "I'm going to prepare heaven for you." Ah. Uh, so yeah. That where so, I am, there yeah, you yeah, may yeah. be also. Yeah. So I. Uh, yeah. So there's sorry, a rabbit no, trail. No, 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 no. It's a good rabbit trail. That. It's an important one. Uh, important one. So uh, a, a big misconception about heaven is it's because. It comes from a mistranslation of that word mansion, right? And we've, we've dealt with that uh, yes. in another episode. Um, but the word mansion there just means dwelling place, mm-hmm. right? So I go to prepare a dwelling place for you. He's going to the cross to prepare this ability for humanity to dwell with God. Um, and that... His his leaving is not a bad thing. That this 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 he's trying to comfort his disciples. Uh, let don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be don't be worried about what's happening here. I'm going to prepare a place um, so that you can have a place in God's abode. And so that's the whole point of what he's talking about there in that context. But I think why that's so important is we're thinking about heaven. A lot of times people have this concept of like God's making heaven right now. He's preparing. No, that's not what heaven is. By definition, heaven is God's abode. It has always existed. Mm -hmm. Right? Correct. For eternity past. Yes. There's never been a moment where God's abode has not existed. So so Jesus is is not saying, I got to go away to to make this place for you to come to, right? It's, it's not ready, right? It's not been built, but I got to build it so that you can, no, 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 no. That's not what he's talking about at all. He's saying, I got to go to the cross so that, that you might have means of entering into God's abode. To making it to that abode. Right, because there is no other way by which you can make it into God's abode because you are sinful, right? Humanity is sinful. Right. We've, we've broken uh, b- broken God's law, and we see that in the garden where Adam and Eve. That's what, what the garden was part of. The, the 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 part of the garden was that aspect of Adam and Adam and Eve communing with God in the garden, right? They were they were in God's abode there, but through sin, that was that was lost and that was broken. And Jesus uh, is 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 making means by which we can enter into God's abode again through the cross. Through the, his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, we have access to uh, to heaven, God's abode. So pre-sin, did God come down to the garden in his fullness at that time? Mm. Uh, so, I mean, the way it's described in Genesis is, is this idea that, you know, they, they walked with God yes. in the cool of the evening, right? Um, it was this, um, this, you know, walking in God's abode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
I, I mean, you don't want to read too much too that's much. not in the text, Correct. but at the same time, it's very, very clear that what's... God what, was very, very real to them yes. in a full way that really hasn't been yes. displayed until Jesus comes. Exactly. And even that's in a different way. Sure. And okay. so this idea that uh, what is very, very clear is that sin broke man's Fellowship, ability... Yes. unhindered, mm-hmm. unhinged. Yes, to be in God's abode. Relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus is doing is... I'm going to fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to invite you to come, and only I can do it, Mm -hmm. but one day you too will be able to transition from the abode here on earth Mm -hmm. to this heavenly abode where God is in his fullness. Yeah, so some of these uh, things that Jesus says, when you have this context, they really start to pop, and you really start, oh, I get what Jesus was saying and why it was such a big deal. And one of them is in Mark chapter 14, where he is being um, interrogated by the high priest, right? This is uh, right before his crucifixion. And so the, uh, the high priest, the Bible says, uh, questioned him saying, are you the Christ? Are you the anointed one, the son of the blessed one? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Tearing his clothes, the high priest said, what further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard him blaspheme already, right? So they understand what Jesus is saying in this moment. He's saying, he's linking to Daniel chapter 7 and saying, there's one who is ancient of days, who is uh, the ancient of days, uh, like the son of man is coming and coming from the clouds of heaven, right? And he's coming from God's dwelling place. And Jesus is saying, I am that one, and they go crazy over that, right? Because because they know a human cannot enter into that abode, and he's saying that I am bringing that abode with, and I'm going to be at the right hand of God. Yes, and they just cannot put two and two together in their yeah, mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, how how, how, could, how could God do that? How could mm-hmm. God, um, you know, become become man like that? Uh, they were waiting for a Messiah, but we're not waiting for that Messiah to be God. Okay, they were waiting for God to send a human Messiah. They were not prepared for God to send uh, his God to send Himself as the Messiah. So that broke all the frameworks for them for them to understand. Um, and so when Jesus is getting ready to leave, uh, and his uh, his disciples ask him, "Okay, so we had that whole crucifixion <laughs> burial, right?" Oh, yeah. That, Let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah, that whole deal. Uh, and then we had the surprise of you rising from the dead, and they say, "Okay, so now are we gonna? You know, is, is the kingdom? Him. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the kingdom. Now the kingdom's gonna come, yes. right? And Jesus uh, said, you know, you don't. The times and the seasons are not not in your hands. You don't understand all these things that God is wanting to do. Uh, and then he he says, uh, he, then in the Bible says he was lifted up. And there were, uh, and a cloud received him, him out of their sight, and they were like, you know, gazing into the sky, at, uh, what was happening going on. The angels come, say, "Why, why do you stand here gazing?" Right, the same Jesus which you've seen taken up into heaven, right into the abode of God, will come in the same way as you're watching him go into heaven. So in the same manner in which he he is going into God's presence, right? He is coming back out of God's presence back into this world, and that's the second coming. 
uh, of Christ. And uh, that, that's a whole other episode that we could talk about another time. But the big idea here is being that the entirety of Christ's mission was to establish the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God's abode on this earth through what uh, through Jesus Christ, right? And and that by sending the Holy Spirit, um, you know, He has His kingdom is living inside of us. The abode of God is dwelling within each of an, each and every one of us. This joining together of these two realms. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Kind of in this vague time frame, so that one day we, I'm guessing, we're going to get to a place where we will be unified together yes. in the same sure, abode. Sure, sure. Absolutely. But right now, it's just kind of this in between stage where yeah, the Spirit of God is with us. Yeah, but it, it, I want us to be careful not to, to think of it in a realm of that it doesn't, it's not real or that it doesn't have like, like real things attached to it. Like the kingdom of heaven coming in Jesus Christ and him living out the kingdom in this world, the kingdom of heaven, what what heaven, the, the abode of God, should look like on this earth. What should the abode of God look like on this earth? Jesus. Okay. okay. And that he, 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 he helped us to see what the abode of God should look like lived out in this world. That is the epitome. Yes. Of what it is. And so, the, and in turn, our example. Example of what the abode of God looks like on this earth. So, I can be a part of the abode of God on earth. Exactly. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And that's that's the whole point of Jesus going away. And he said, I got to go away so that the Spirit can come. And the Spirit is is dwelling within all uh, all Christians uh, in in working the kingdom of heaven within us, so that we could literally live that out in this world, right? That I could live out the abode of God where I go, and the things that I do, and the things that I say, and my actions, and 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 that's what Jesus prays uh, in in uh, the Sermon on the Mount: Thy kingdom come. They will be done on earth as it is in 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 heaven in the heaven. abode of God. Yes. So, what God's will is in His abode, God let it be lived out in and through us in this world, right? And so, this aspect of the abode of God dwelling within us, so that it could have real life implications for this world. That's crazy because we are the physical link to a spiritual thing that's going on Mm -hmm. this invisible spiritual transferring of god's let it be done in heaven Mm -hmm. on earth as it is in heaven but we're we're the key we're kind Mm -hmm. of the tool that is used but we have to we have to allow that to happen sure absolutely yeah Uh, and we have a whole episode on the kingdom of heaven uh you can go back and look to i think that would be a helpful uh framework um it it, it's not um Maybe you know you listen to this. Maybe you've even already listened to the Kingdom of Heaven episode. But if if you would to go back, I promise you, if you would go back and listen to that episode again after this one, it will it will pop more. It will make more sense as you're Look understanding at it in a different way. Yeah, the Kingdom of God's abode. Oh, heaven. Yeah, because because still a lot of times people have all these these um these things attached to the word heaven that uh, can can cause some issues with that. But so so the reason why this is so important is that many Christians view heaven, God's abode 
as this place to escape to, but fail to recognize that God's mission is really, in this age, to bring heaven, God's abode, to earth. So my, it's not getting there; it's bringing it here. Yes, through me, and through you, and so God's mission isn't for uh, us to 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 just you know live this in this world the whole time, being like, I just got to get to God's abode. I just got to get to heaven. I just got to get out of here. Right? That's a total. I, I I don't. I'm trying to be charitable when I'm about to say this, but like. But you're missing the point. You're wasting so much time trying to get into God's abode as and missing the fact that God's abode is dwelling within you and wanting to work through you in this world. Uh, and, and, and it's not about escaping this world to get into God's abode, but it's about living out God's abode in this world to bring about his mission on this earth. That's really amazing. I'm kind of pinpointing, drawing some lines between these dots. So many people in their life, I feel like I just got to get to heaven, just got to get there. When you're saying heaven is here. Sure, sure. In in a lot of ways. Yes, absolutely. And and so... Not not that to minimize the got to get to God's abode eventually, right? I mean, upon death, right? That's the the ultimate goal, right? But but it's it's not just about that. It's also about allowing God's abode, heaven, to dwell in us, so that we could make a real impact, a real kingdom, kingdom of heaven impact in this abode, in this world. Um, so. Uh, just by looking ahead towards the eternal abode of God, uh, many Christians, we, they miss the point of what God is wanting to do in sending Jesus and, and literally sending God's abode to earth was that he was literally wanting us to live out God's abode in this world um, in real tangible ways. Yeah. Uh, that's what Paul talks about in Corinthians. Um, he talks about that how you know we walk by faith and not by sight, and he tells them to be encouraged uh, the fact that you know we would rather be away from the body because to be a- away from the body, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, but he he makes this statement. He says, "But whether we're at home, you know, whether we're in God's abode eternally, or we're we're in our earthly uh, bodies, right? We make it our mission." to live out the kingdom of heaven in this world. So Paul's point is, either way is good, right? Both are, are good. Obviously, we want to be eternally in God's abode in, in, in heaven, right? That's uh, the ultimate goal. But, but Paul's saying, you know, I'm going to, to live this world in this world and to live out the kingdom of heaven in this world uh, while I'm here. And not just looking ahead uh, towards that that eternal abode, being with God, but I want I want God's presence to live in and through me, so that I make a kingdom of heaven impact in this world. Um, you want me to go? Mm-hmm. Do you have something you want to? Mm-hmm. No, you just go ahead and just start. Okay. It. Okay. So if God's dwelling place, if that's what heaven is, right? And his mission is for us to expand God's 
abode, God's presence in this world while we're alive, right? What happens when we die, right? I think when a lot of times when people think about heaven, that's where immediately where their mind goes. Um, well, you just referenced the verse to be absent from the body is right. to be present with the Lord. Sure. But remembering back to last episode, we, we have this place of Sheol, mm-hmm. the place of the dead, mm-hmm. and there was the, the, the not so great side. Um, uh, yeah, Gehenna. Mm-hmm. Gehenna, correct. Mm-hmm. And then we have the, the light side. Yeah. So, so, so is this where the Lord is? Or yeah, yeah. God's, we... so, so upon death, we enter into God's presence. And um, there's a couple different words that are used to describe this. Um, but really, it's not as much as what people uh, a lot of times at first think about. Uh, one reference is in. Um, and Luke, where the thief on the cross, um, the Bible tells us that Jesus says to him, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Right? So it's this idea of paradise. Uh, another one is in Luke chapter 16, uh, with the, we, talked, we referenced that last episode uh, about the deaths of the rich man and Lazarus. Right? And in that context, it's called Abraham's bosom. Um, so we have this idea of paradise or, uh, Abraham's bosom. Um, there, there's really not a lot that is being described there by those paradise. Well, what is that? Right. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really explain it. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. Right. Abraham's bosom. Sounds weird. <laughs> Abraham's just, bosom. Just being frank. Sure, and especially sure. And maybe for some people that don't don't know Bible mm. verbiage very well. It's really mm-hmm. odd. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. dude's stomach. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly. Yeah, yeah, real. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some things th- that culturally there that, that have significance, but the big idea being that it's it's God's, uh, being with God's people, right? Uh, God, Abraham, the, that lineage of God's people. Um, and, uh, and, and what was birthed out of that. But uh, another place is in Philippians uh, where Paul says, you know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I, I, I live, while I live in the flesh, uh, that's fruitful labor for me. You know, I'm going to do things while I'm living in the flesh. Yet, which I choose, I cannot tell you. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire to depart to be with Christ for that is far better. So Paul is is, is talking about this struggle of, uh, you know, I want to I want to keep living out the kingdom of heaven. I want to keep making kingdom of heaven impact in this world, and I struggle with uh, wanting to do that, but also wanting to depart to be with Christ, right? And so that's his verbiage for the eternal abode of being in God's presence is be with Christ. That doesn't explain a lot, does it? <laughs> it just is to be in God's presence is all that that is saying. So with the thief on the cross, it's today you're going to be with me, Christ, right? In paradise, right? And the these so so honestly, scripture doesn't tell us a lot about this intermittent state. Only thing we really know is that we are to be in God's presence. And by definition, that's what heaven is, mm-hmm. is the to abode. be in God's presence, is the boat of Christ, or boat of God, yeah. So, um, 
the New Testament does not tell us a lot about what it is that in the uh, the Sheol, the the realm of the dead, what the uh, what heaven, quote unquote, what that looks like or what that is. All we know is that it is that we are to we are going to be in God's presence, that we are going to be in God's abode, and. For some listening, uh, that kind of be a letdown. Yes, it is. <laughs> and if, you, if you're looking I, at it from a streets of gold uh-huh. mansions, right. beautiful yeah. place up in the sky, yeah. which I, I mean, it says paradise, but right. that's pretty much as far as sure as we can take that. Yeah, and and to that, I want to challenge your uncomfortableness with that. Why is it that Simply being in the abode of Christ Isn't seems like enough. a letdown. Uh-huh. Why does that seem like a letdown? And it, it, that, that's something that really you have to examine and ask. And like, for, see, for Paul, that was plenty. For Paul, that was, that was, he says, that's far better, right? That, that, that's enough to be with Christ. Uh, for the thief on the cross, that's all the assurance he needs is, I'm going to be with you in paradise. Right? That, that's all he, he needs. He doesn't need the explanation of what paradise is or all that's going on in there. All he knows is, I'm going to be in God's presence. And he he recognizes that that is, that is the most valuable thing. That's what matters more than anything else. Um, so while the New Testament does not emphasize uh this uh what what this intermittent state of heaven is going to be like um paul does say you know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord so the person who dies um you know right now they are going to be in the presence of christ in the presence of the lord uh, presence of god that is heaven that's heaven and um so while the new testament doesn't talk a lot about this this intermittent state it does talk a lot about bodily resurrection and it does talk about recreation new heaven and new earth but let's talk about that Question: So the realm of Sheol does it reside within the realm of God within His fullness? Mm. Because uh, you're saying that within this Abraham's bosom paradise, we are fully immersed in God's mm. presence, mm-hmm. which in God's abode, that's where He resides in fullness. Mm-hmm. So is it within that same realm? Yeah, yeah. So you know, just as we talked with hell, right, with Gehenna, the, the it's this this outer darkness it's this complete away from god it's the polar opposite it's the polar opposite right that's what as we mentioned in hell what makes hell hell the absence of god is the absence of god's presence, presence. what makes heaven heaven is the fullness is the fullness ah, of god's okay. presence right and that is that that's that's the divide 
That's the divide, is the presence of God is the thing that divides these two things. And so to recognize that as a distinction, what heaven is is the abode of God. And so it is, yeah, so, you know, you or I or anyone dies right now, they go into heaven, they go into the abode of Christ, they go into that that realm uh, of being with, with Christ forever. The one who dies and, and goes to hell, right, to this, uh, this Gehenna, it's to be outer darkness, away from God and away from his, his presence. So, but, but this intermit state is not God's, permanent. yeah, it's not permanent. It's not God's ultimate purpose and his ultimate plan. God's ultimate plan involves resurrection and new creation new heavens and new earth um and so heaven um i just lit up there for a second okay 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 i'm looking at it differently already yes yes it's not (laughs) you you can't unsee it now Uh right so we talk about new heavens it's not talking about new abodes of god right Mm -hmm. but it's talking about a new sky new new realm above earth and earth itself and earth itself yeah so new. new it's it's literally new recreation it's this, just as in Genesis one. That's what I was going to say. Wait, yeah. Is this Genesis all over again? Y- yes, it is. Mm. Only without the uh, the the capability of sin, right? And we'll get to that a little bit here and and shortly. Okay, but this, yeah, new creation. Uh, it happens uh, is what God's doing was creating new heavens, right? It's not in new earth. It's this new. A uh, new realm of God's presence and its fullness, and a place of dwelling within the fullness of God's presence. It's our abode and God's abode within the same abode. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's what we're trying to get at. Yes. Which yes. was started in its fullness. In, which was that there in the garden? Mm. Was it? It's yes, not, it, it was. was. It was to okay. to a large degree the thing. But it seems like in in future it will be even more so. Yes. Yeah, so what in 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 first creation what we have is we have this humans which are uh, given an opportunity to choose who who it is that they're going to serve, who they're going to follow, or they're going to follow God, or they're going to follow you know Satan or themselves. Who will be the king? Who will be the king? Right. In, in new creation, and new heavens, new earth, the new king has been established as God, right? And all those who chose to live within his kingdom, within the new heavens and new earth, are going to dwell in there. And, and the choice has already been made. It's not a opportunity, uh, you know. Well, We're not we going to s- have another tree moment. Yes, exactly. We've already had that. Uh, and so it's this opportunity to to dwell in God's fullness, having chosen him as our king to for eternity for eternity yeah absolutely um and so but but before we get to new heavens new earth okay and and you might have some questions there we can we can dive into some of those but we really have to hone in onto this resurrection thing because that's the first thing and which happens at the second coming yes which happens at the second coming of christ christ comes back uh and the resurrection is um it's so pivotal. It's so huge, and uh, unfortunately, a lot, a lot of times, especially within Pentecostalism, it's this thing that we think about on Easter, and we don't really have a framework for understanding it outside of Jesus' resurrection. But literally, it, 
what Jesus is, is he's this, uh, what the New Testament calls this first fruits of the resurrection. Like his resurrection validates who he is, what he has said about himself as being coming from heaven, from God's dwelling place, and having defeated death and defeated sin. And he is this, this first fruits of resurrection that is going to come to pass on his second return. We're going to have the resurrection of all uh, those who have lived. And it's this resurrection, uh, and, and Jesus talks about that in, in, in several different places. Um, in John chapter 5, he says, For the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So Jesus is saying here, there's coming a moment, and this is so amazing, that he's, he's talking about this before his, his death, resurrection. Like He's talking uh, in this moment, it's, it's mind-boggling. Only the Son of God can, can do this. But he's talking about that there's coming this moment where everyone who is dead is going to hear the voice of, and in Revelation, it's this voice as of a trumpet going forth. And everyone's going to be resurrected, the good to resurrection of life, and those who are evil to the resurrection of judgment. And that is exactly what happens in Revelation uh, when we read about that. But Jesus is talking about this really early on in his ministry um, because he, he has this context of understanding what he is and what he's going to do and the importance of the resurrection both for him as one who is defeating death and defeating sin, but also for us as one who recognized that the resurrection is about newness of life for those who are saved, and it's about resurrection to judgment unto death for those who are uh, not saved. So this resurrection, is it, is it a reunification of the spirit that has been dwelling in Sheol and mm. our physical bodies that have been in yes. the grave? Yes, yes. Yes, and we will. Well, those who are dead come out of the ground, mm-hmm. like or however that happens. Sure. All of a sudden, you'll be in a physical body again. Correct. Mm-hmm. Your your body. Yeah, we want to use the term physical uh, a little bit differently. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. Okay. So we talk about physical. Um, so our physical body right now is one in which it is uh, finite and it has a lot of limitations because of the nature of our physical yes, body, right? Yes. So the resurrected body, it is quote unquote physical, right? We're going to use that same word, mm-hmm. but it's going to mean something different. The physical nature of it is not going to be one in which is like ours is now, but it's going to be a, a body in which can can live in and dwell in and handle the presence of God and can enjoy that and, and manifest and live that out. So Now, can the inverse be true as well? It can mm-hmm. handle not having the presence of God and the torment mm-hmm. that that incurs. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so the resurrection is both this, uh, you know, it's this, uh, this, this, this changing. So that's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, the whole chapter is about the resurrection. 
and he talks about this. He says, he's talking about, he says, the resurrection of dead, what it is, is it, it's, it, it's sown in that which is perishable. Well, I was talking about earlier, finite. But it's raised imperishable. Mm-hmm. So th- there's this changing that's taking place. It's the same. Uh, it's the same in you know as far as um, n- you know. It's still Tim, right? It's still Brad, but the 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 container, um, the quote unquote body that houses Tim and houses Brad is going to be changed. It's it's no longer going to be one that is perishable, but through the resurrection, it's now become imperishable. He goes on and says, it was sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. Sown in weakness, it's raised in power. Sown in a natural body, and it's raised in a spiritual body. Okay, So, this uh, I want to be careful when talking about this. So, so, a lot of times when we use the word that word spiritual, it makes it sound as though it's not real. People use that word spiritual, and it's almost as... It's you know, mystical. Yeah, metaphysical type. Mm-hmm. It's not really real. And that's not the right way, way to frame spiritual. It's talking about this idea of one in which it has, has spirit as part of its essence to be able to handle the spirit of God and to be in the spirit and the presence of God. Um. And so he says, so if there's a natural body, there's a spiritual body. And he says, I, I'm going to reveal a mystery. He says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment. Twinkling an eye at the last trump, for the trump will sound. The dead shall be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this per- uh, perishable body must put on that which is imperishable, and the mortal must put on the immortality. And when this happens, he says, death is swallowed up in victory. And he goes on this, this, this. This this preaching moment, he's like, death, where's your victory? Death, you know, where's your sting? You know, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. How do we have that victory over this? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And man, First Corinthians 15 is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible, because it's this it's this Paul is synthesizing for his readers, helping them to understand. The nature of the resurrection is one which changes um, our and, and, and is this gateway which enables us to to have this um, you know capacity to dwell in new heavens, new earth, and capacity to to dwell in hell. So yeah, what the apostle Paul is doing uh, is he's he's helping us to understand that what Christ has done in defeating death and through his resurrection is giving us this uh, first fruits of what's going to take place uh, upon our resurrection and our victory over death, right? But not through our own self, right? But through Christ, who's given us the victory, Paul says. And so um, the resurrection being this, this starting point by which we are able to enter into, for those who are resurrected to life, able to enter into God's presence and with a, this resurrected body. Or those who uh, are resurrected into judgment are able to, to have a, 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 a mode of existence in which they are able to, um, to, to experience death um, 
throughout all of eternity, right? This is why it's called the second death. Um, and so uh, a lot of times people talk about the afterlife, but that's only part of the picture. There's an afterlife mm-hmm. and there's an after death, right? Really afterlife only refers to Sheol in, in the moment now mm-hmm. until this resurrection. Right. And then there will be eternal life, but mm-hmm. then there'll be eternal death. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and only through Christ are we able to experience eternal life. Um, and so through that, we see that death is destroyed by means of the resurrection. And Christ having done that first, and all who put their faith and hope and trust in him are are able to, through him, to experience resurrection unto life. And Paul talks about this in uh, Philippians chapter 3. He says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which, so in heaven, he's talking about in God's abode, our citizenship, where we, who we are and where we belong, our, our kingship, like our king, where he resides, and we as his servants are where we belong, is in God's abode, from which we are eagerly waiting for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the by by bringing out his power that he has even the subjects of all things so it's this idea of you know we are we're anticipating this 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 heaven God's abode and we're waiting for Christ to return and when he returns the resurrection is going to take place and in that place where he does he's he's going to exert his power over death he's going to exert his power having defeated death already he's going to exert that power by raising the dead and in doing that uh transform our bodies into uh a state that like christ was after his resurrection right Uh, we could get into this a little bit if you wanted to um but Christ after his resurrection, you know, he has a body that is recognizable, that is 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 quote unquote similar. But it can do things that not a normal body can. Exactly. It can walk through walls. Exactly. And <laughs> but it can also eat. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It can also like uh transport very yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can move around really fast. Sure, sure. So it is one in which is So that's what we're referring to when we hear people say this glorified body. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. And so so the purpose of the resurrection is this transformation of our body into this different type of body that enables us to inhabit or to dwell within eternity. And to and to partake in our re- eternal reward, whether that's good or whether that's bad. So we see this idea of resurrection and its importance in Revelation twenty. The Bible says, "I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whom the presence of the earth and heaven fled away." Okay, so saw him who uh, the natural realm could not contain. Mm. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. Sea gave up their dead. Death and Hades gave up their dead which were in them. 
and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not written, uh, found written in the name of the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So we see that, that the resurrection is this moment where everyone is resurrected for the purpose of a transforming of the body to be able to to uh, to receive their reward to receive their reward either good or bad mm-hmm. right? okay pause for a second back up you said where is this taking place again is this kind of sounding like these abodes are starting to merge mm. this new heaven new earth but then also this so we have the abode of god and then the resurrection mm-hmm. happens all these people come there's this this is the great white throne judgment right this is right before um new heavens new earth okay and this is so the uh, these abodes though that have been separated mm-hmm. for all this a time right they're kind of starting to merge and come together yeah and one of them is going to be done away with yes that which is old that which is uh you know the temporal is is being done away with and uh, that's what peter talks about in second peter he talks about that the day of the lord is going to come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. Mm-hmm. Okay, heavens there, he's talking about the sky, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth, it's going to, you know, it's all going to be burned up. And so, therefore, he's saying, since all these things are going to be dissolved, what, what manner of people ought we to be in our, our conduct and our godliness? Um, and so he says that the coming of the day of, of God, the day of judgment with the wrath of God, the day of the Lord, we have an episode on that in yes. the past, right? Um, the day of the Lord. And, and so, so what's happening here in, in revelation 20 here is the day of the Lord. Mm, the, the second coming resurrection brings about the day of the Lord in which the day of the Lord is this, this moment of judgment where God is judging and is, uh, bringing forth the judgment of the wicked and for their eternal reward and the judgment of the righteous, those who have found in the book of life, for their eternal reward. So this second coming, this resurrection, this mm-hmm. day of the Lord, this is where all of this separation that has happened for all of this time mm-hmm. is now kind of accumulating and coming together Yes, for this final moment that will then lead on into eternity and everything from eternity on out. We're kind of all in the same playing field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, we have, we have. You said Hades and death give up theirs, mm-hmm, yep. and so they're they're no longer in this realm of the dead anymore. Mm-hmm. They're at this place to be judged for their second it. death, right? Yes. That they're or, experiencing or life, right? Or yeah. Um, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. That's and what so, I was kind of meaning there. Is like sounds like this stuff's kind of all coming together. Yes, yeah. This is where is this taking place? This moment is the moment. It is the moment in which the king is stepping forth and through the means of resurrection, bringing about the possibility of eternal judgment. And I, when I say judgment, I don't mean that just in the negative sense, but also in the positive judgment, according to their works, uh, you know, according to the ones who are in the book of life. They're being judged as well, right? And their judgment is found that in Christ, they have life, right? Eternal life. And so, um, this, this day of the Lord, this 
moment of second coming resurrection is the most important day of all of history because it is the gateway by which um, the eternal state comes into play. And so it's kind of a tradition of like time because after this day, time will be no more. It will. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say it would be different, but time will will be no more. Yeah. Yeah, That's literally what the Bible says. Yeah. This is the end of the calendar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Time is out. No more turning the page. Right. Okay. So just as time was created when God first spoke, right? Ah, yeah. It is going to cease through his word and through his, uh, through his, what he is doing in this moment of, of judgment. And that's what Second Peter, uh, at the end of what he talks about there, about um, how all that the heavens and the earth are going to pass away with a fervent heat. He says, uh, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look for new heavens and new earth. And so he's 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 anticipating this this moment after the this the this day of the Lord, this judgment that uh that there's going to be recreation, new heavens and new earth. And this is depicted in Revelation twenty one, where John the Revelator says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Where is it coming down out of? Out of heaven, out of God's presence, right? That's good. Coming yeah, out of God's out presence. Of from God, yeah. Made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. The dwelling place of God is reunited with man. And he will dwell among them and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, neither will there be mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he that sits on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. And that is God's ultimate purpose. And plan is recreation, new heavens, new earth. That in which God and humanity are, the tabernacle of God is dwelling with man, like God in his fullness, and through resurrected bodies we are able to, to be in God's abode uh, and to, to, to experience that in its fullness. That is heaven. God's presence fullness being made anew and through resurrected bodies we're dwelling in the presence of god eternally that is god's ultimate uh purpose for those who are saved and again as we talked about heaven being the dwelling place of god that place being a new creation where those former things are passed away totally done away with and we have this new life this eternal life with god dwelling in new new uh, a new heaven and new earth realm right new creation um for all of eternity and so the question is what is that like (laughs) (laughs) and uh i don't know no one does
right? This, what Paul talks about in Corinthians, we, we see through a glass darkly. Like, we know that new creation is coming. We know that resurrection is coming. Uh, when Christ comes, we know that there is, the resurrection is going to take place, and that resurrection is going to lead towards, uh, you know, the, the, the God judging everyone. And that the, that judgment is going to lead towards, for some, a, a second death, eternal death, right? Or those going to lead towards eternal life. And that eternal life, we know, is going to be new creation. And we know it's going to be uh, new heavens, new earth. And we know it's going to be in God's presence. And I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man, those things that God has prepared. And so, I don't know what that's going to all be like, but I do know that it's going to be one in which the presence of God is going to dwell with man in its fullness. And from that fact, I know it will be immeasurably good and immeasurably filled with joy and immeasurably filled with, uh, with, with eternal purpose, uh, an eternal um, peace. And so that is what God is doing in uh, his, his ultimate goal of heaven, it being new creation. And that, that is uh, fundamentally one which, as believers, we should, uh, as, as the Apostle Peter, we, we look for. We look for new heavens, new earth. And we, we, we seek to live out the heaven, the, the abode of God in our lives. We seek to live that out in this world right now and do all that we can to uh, have the kingdom of heaven spread through us in this world right now. But we also were looking for that new creation um, and the place in which we are with God forever. The streets of gold, mm-hmm. the gates of pearl, mm. yeah, this yeah, yeah. square. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's New Jerusalem. Okay, oh. that's, that's where does that fit in? Yeah, so that is part of what uh, new creation looks like. Now you, now, you mentioned in heaven from God coming down. Mm-hmm. I, is that what that is mm. coming down to this new earth? Y- yes. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, so is that the abode of God? This this very physical city mm. where God resides now. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I want to nuance the word physical when you're talking mm, about it. But true. Real. Okay. Very real place, uh, and in some ways more real than anything in this reality because this reality is going to fade away. It's finite. Yeah, it's finite. Right? That's that's crazy. That's, yeah, that's meta right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Realer than real. Yeah, it is. It's the <laughs> ultimate reality because it's yes. one that predates this reality and will last beyond this reality. Ah. And so so it's 
but the word physical, I want to, I want to nuance and say, well, not too real. Yeah. 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 I I totally see that. Yeah. It's So so when we look at that, that's what that is. Yes. (laughs) So that's not really the new heaven, new earth, the heaven that we're going to. That mm. people say streets of gold. I mean, that's mm. coming to us, but there, it's really bigger. Yes. than that. Yes, it's okay. bigger than that, and it's it. Frankly, again, it's it's not about those things. Exactly. It's, yes, it, those things aren't the thing that makes it heaven, right? The thing that makes it heaven is it's the abode of God, and it's it's coming out of. Uh, as I read in that text, there it's coming down out of heaven, right? It's coming down out of the abode of God, coming down from God. Uh, and it has been, uh, it's been made ready. It's been prepared. Uh, it's crazy how those things, though, those, 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 quote unquote, physical, the real nutrients, how that kind of eclipses mm. really the main purpose of what heaven is. Yeah, it, and I've kind of come to realize that in this, they're just, this episode. Those are minor. They, they are. It, it. They don't have any. I, I don't want to say they have value. They're, 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 they're. It's describing some of that place of what it looks like, but that is not the thing that makes heaven heaven, right? And um, well, I kind of jokingly think someone gets to heaven and go, "Nah, this ain't it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, for the person who is focused on all all of those, what I would consider very minor points. Yes, um, you know. Uh, missing the big point that heaven is all about being in the presence of God and New Jerusalem being that place where we are aboding with God forever. Um, the streets of gold. I'm not going to spend two seconds looking at them. Right? I mean, that cool. Awesome. Right. Uh, the gates of pearl. Awesome. Whatever. You know, I mean, they have no real value, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the real value is the abode of God being with me and it being this place of eternal, um, eternal separation from all of sin and death and suffering and all the things that we experience in this realm, those former things being passed away. Uh, and the fullness of God's presence—that's what heaven is. Wow! So there is—it's—it's it's crazy. There's there's so much m- more mm-hmm. that is that is coming. Yes, and we we can get caught up in the here and now, and then even to think about um, uh, where will we go after we die. But really, mm-hmm. death is the very very tip of the iceberg. It's mm-hmm. this resurrection. Yep, that brings about a, a new uh, era. Death is the opportunity for resurrection. So death is not a bad thing for the Christian at all. It's the opportunity right. to be in the presence of God, but it also brings forth the opportunity for resurrection of newness of life. So for the Christian, death is like awesome. Yeah. Because it, it, from here on out, it's smooth sailing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, it, is that yeah, true? Yeah, that's yeah, right. There, there is nothing for the Christian. There is nothing to fear to worry. death. Mm. Nothing to fear. Death has lost its sting. sting. It's lost its ability to bring forth fear and has lost its ability to... Uh, to have any hold on the Christian, because in Christ, our faith in Him, we uh, we are our hope. The blessed hope is the fact that we will have resurrection again to newness of life 
of eternal life. Yeah. So it's just part of the picture. And we're just waiting for this this new heavens yeah. and this mm-hmm. new earth. There's mm-hmm. there's so much more to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times we in in our concept of thinking of what God has done, we think about what God has done as he's done a lot of what he's done in the past. So all the things that God is going to do, he's he's done most of them in the past. Like all he has to do left is come back, right? That's a very short-sighted view of what God is doing. Like, yes, God started everything in creation. And yes, Jesus came, you know, God came in the flesh, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. But those were just part of the story. The real thing in completion of what God is wanting to do is all about second coming, resurrection, which enable God's, the fulfillment of God's purposes being new creation. And that is the thing that is, that, that's the ultimate thing. That is the ultimate in-game purpose and goal. And all of that hasn't happened yet. All of that is still future. Like, there's so much more ahead that God has planned um, that I can't see and we don't know about fully, but we know that he is going to to do all things well, and it's exciting. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and writing a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. This show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith Podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.